0: I made a huge mistake in Arrested Development Podcast. I am your host, Darren. Today, I am joined by Adam Haver once more. Hello, Adam. Annyeong. And we are... We're going for a new start, I think, with this episode. The fifth episode of season four. That's one way to put it, yeah. Yeah. Um, It is focusing on Tobias. On the opening titles, we get a little bit of saxophone added into the narration. Uh, This was actually the seventh of the 15 episodes produced, um, and unusually, uh, the other Tobias episode, which you know we'll be discussing in a few weeks time, uh, was actually the final episode produced. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on with David Cross's schedule that he came in in the middle and came back in at the end.
1: Sounds like this whole. I, I can imagine what kind of a nightmare it must have been to produce this season <laughs> with everyone's uh, crazy yeah. schedules.
0: This was written by Jim Valllli and Dean LeRae. Uh, as with all the episodes, they were broadcast on the 26th of May 2013, uploaded, should I say, rather than broadcast. But, you know, I'm old school like that. Uh, And every episode was directed by Mitch Hurwitz and Troy Miller. This episode being 27 minutes and 40 seconds, uh, which is substantially longer than... Uh, the usual episode. Uh, and I'll give you the summary as it appears on the DVD, which is Tobias searches for meaning after splitting with Lindsay, only to find old habits die hard. The The wraparound of this episode is John Beard's to entrap a local predator, <laughs> Orange County edition, edition super creeps. <laughs> and, and his opening mimics the opening of Arrested Development, where John Beard talks about, you know, um, one local anchor's um, you know, duty to catch these predators um, and when we get to the on the next at the end it goes on the next Arrested Development on the next to entrap a local predator <laughs> straight away, so at both ends you have John Beard's introduction mimicking the opening of Arrested Development and then the on the next coming up at the end as well, so it's it's a funny thing, and th- like, when we get to the end, I will really go through that final scene, because I, l- I just love how much it plays into the ignorance of Tobias and maybe basically like how little he knows about her life really comes back to haunt him. Yeah, his like sexual
1: innuendos uh, really yeah. finally
0: get him into trouble. But before that, we, f- we see, you know, as with all the episodes, we go back to uh, the time just after the end of Development Arrested and we see Lindsay and Tobias split up. Obviously, we've discussed this a lot in the Lindsay episode, which kind of mm-hmm. fills in the other details of that. Um, But we have Tobias singing, you know, uh, it's a fallacy, (laughs) which is kind of and then and then we actually get probably the most meta thing about the episode, other than the kind of to entrap a local predator where Lindsay (laughs) says, your acting career, this marriage that everyone thinks is a sham because you're gay. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, Tobias going, everyone thinks I'm gay. (laughs) And Lindsay says, it's kind of a running joke in the family. You know, because of the misleading way you talk. Yeah, I
1: think this is the first time, like, that joke is actually, like, explicit here.
0: I mean, there, there were a couple of times in the first two episodes, like in the pilot and the, the second episode, where Lindsay basically said outright, people think Tobias is gay. Um, and, yeah. and the second time, in, in the in the second episode, Tobias actually has, like, um, the rape horn, and he, he presses it just as Lindsay goes to say gay. Um So, you know, but (laughs) I like as well how we get Tobias saying, you know, uh, you're saying the way I talk makes me sound gay. When in the last year have I said anything remotely? And then they cut back to him saying it's a fallacy. Like Uh, nine seconds earlier. Yeah, and it's such a great kind of joke. Um, And then, of course, you know, they talk about how all the leading um, men in Hollywood are gay. I I, I mean, it's it's kind of like a really kind of (laughs) funny thing because then, of course, Tobias, when he sits next to Job, he goes, "You look like I feel," and <laughs> Job goes, "Gay." And I, <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's the most explicit that they've been with this joke. But I think that is possibly because um, this being the first episode, you know, th- that is focusing on Tobias um, of two. Um, and I guess if you're a new, if you're a new viewer and you're watching season four for this first time um they kind of i mean i don't know that they have to explain this joke but i think putting that 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 kind of explanation here helps pay off the to catch a local predator at the kind of at the end basically
1: if you were a new Um, viewer i don't know that you'd want to start at season four i mean it's hard enough keeping (laughs) up with what's happening having like watched the entire series
0: yeah i I mean i'm just saying i think this is one of the things that maybe they're putting in there for for new viewers who may have, you know, obviously, you know, when this came to Netflix, this was the first kind of right, right original programming that Netflix were producing. It was very hyped up, you know, so maybe people just did dive in and, and binge it just to kind of stay up with the kind of conversation. And so maybe they, they knew that there might be people who were having this as their, their first viewing, and so they've kind of thrown some of those jokes in uh, towards that. But, yeah, like you say, this is very complicated because, of course, in the next scene, immediately, um, you know, Tobias comes across "Eat, Pray, Love," which was, um, you know, Lindsay's, and he <laughs> rips he rips the book so that he just leaves them some love, which I, th- I think is a funny way of putting it. That was nice, yeah.
1: And of course, one thing one thing that's a really interesting, uh, important piece of information that the narration gives you too is that uh, this is five years before the To Catch a Predator scene so it looks like we're gonna get five years worth of tobias's history um up through the end
0: yeah they do they do kind of very carefully let you know where we are this is where (laughs) tobias books himself a passage to india um obviously referencing the film a passage to india and i like how this is one of the times where the narrator basically says what the the character is saying you know we see the mix-up of the suitcases with Lindsay and tobias uh, which, you know, obviously plays a part in in, Lin- in Lindsay's story, but not Tobias's. And, <laughs> like he goes, <laughs> I guess having matching luggage isn't romantic anymore. <laughs> which is, like... <laughs> Was it ever? I don't know. Well, and I, I like how he says, you know, it's time to correct old misconceptions and... And that is why I'm making a new start. <laughs> and he has the, the license plate um, already picked out. This, of course, being a callback to him having a number of different license plates um, when he thought he was going to get some acting gigs. Uh, most famously, the uh, the House MD license plate that he got before he didn't get the role of House. And, <laughs> uh, you know, this is <laughs> this is where, of course, he drives down the road uh, to the airport and of course he gets in Lindsay's way And she she screams out Stay in your lane, anus tart You know, obviously we've already seen that scene from Lindsay's point of view
1: Which, which made no sense at that point
0: You know, it's a kind of, it's a payoff to a joke Like two episodes later You know, something obviously that, uh, that Arrested Development Kind of specialises in anyway mm-hmm. For some reason Tobias has decided to wear a sarong and as he's driving along it's being pulled up in the wind and and kind of that's why he's in the way of you know the taxi that Lindsay's in um and you know when he's on the this is this is actually like a very kind of quick visual meta joke which is as he's trying to get his sarong back on after some coffee is spelt on it, and I, I like as well how he says, "Am I the only one who still dresses to fly?" <laughs> and he he gets um, coffee on it. He goes to the toilet to kind of redo his um, his sarong, but he can't get it to work. And at one point, it, it ends up looking like Portia de Ross's wedding dress oh. in a very it's, it's, it's he when he when he kind of has like shoulder straps. And he goes. okay, yeah. And when he goes, oh, well, this looks better. That is, that's like a direct reference to Portia de Rossi, basically.
1: This the scene was a great, also just a great showcase of like David Cross's physical comedy. Yeah, the kind of quick snap cuts of him, like you know, struggling <laughs> to get it back on.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that's worth mentioning as well. This episode is full of physical comedy from, yes. uh, from him and, and also um, you know some of the other actors, but obviously David Cross seems to specialise in this kind of physical comedy. Obviously, something that David Cross likes to do. And yeah, when he's kind of re-wrapping this sarong around himself, he just keeps kind of making it worse and worse. Um, At one point, of course, he says, uh, I look like one of those hot guys from Spartacus. Uh, Once again, you know, confirming, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the kind of the thoughts of people's uh, sexuality. Now, interestingly, once he does leave the bathroom, I don't know why, but... Um, he runs into Chuck the Canadian, uh, played by uh, the actor Steve Zissis, I believe is how you say his name, who mm-hmm. you know created the TV show uh, Togetherness with one yep. of the Duplass brothers. I forget which one it was. I think it's probably Jay. Um,
1: it was Jay Duplass. Yes. Yeah,
0: So uh, no. Uh, no.
1: Nope, sorry, it was Mark. Mark Duplass. Was it? Yes. Mark. Oh, see, we can't. Yeah. We can't tell them apart. <laughs> Uh, Can't tell the Duplasses apart,
0: and um, yeah, so you know that was like a HBO show that ran for a couple of seasons, Mm -hmm. um, and that I quite enjoyed. I don't know if you ever watched that, Adam. Watched a
1: couple, uh, watched a couple episodes, kind of fell off on it, um, but it was actually it was great, and I would love to to go back to it. This episode is actually full of character actors and comedians. I mean, just just chock full of it that will. That we'll yeah, see. that's the first oh, one, right. basically. Uh,
0: but, uh, you know, th- I like <laughs> like how they just have this weird exchange where Tobias says, I'm American, and he goes, yeah, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and they're both essentially wearing sarongs. We get a little meta joke as well, as Tobias tries to find failure to launch on the uh, on the the, the the in-flight entertainment. But all he can find on there are films that have been made by Tantamount Entertainment, <laughs> including *Gangy 4, Facelift. Uh, ah. so obviously the gangi series has continued on in uh, in maybe's absence um and you know once he does arrive in um india we get a little bit of a call back to michael arriving in phoenix where he gets outside and suddenly the heat like hits him and, and I, I like how he kind of plays it where he, he comes out and he's like doing his own narration essentially uh, the narrator says he, uh, Tobias has finally arrived in India. But as he's saying that, Tobias is like, and so Tobias Funke embarked on a, oh, dear Lord, it's hot. <laughs> and I just love the way that David Cross kind of plays it as like, here's his triumphant arrival in India. And then he just immediately gets hit by the heat, <laughs> uh, which I think is quite funny. And of course, you know, he gets hit by a bus and almost immediately as soon as he arrives in India. He doesn't actually spend any, from what I can tell, any time... Doing anything no. in India other than being in hospital, um, and of course this is where we get the return of Ian Roberts um, in the role of Doctor Fishman, the literal doctor, um, and accompanied here by Hasan Minhaj, um, more recently of the the Daily Show um, as oh I didn't I didn't realize that yeah he's he's the he's the the kind of the the intern doctor who laughs after Tobias falls off the uh, bed um he's like the second uh, i think he's 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 called he's called medical student number two um in the credits but yeah so it's only a small role um he says the line um it's like that new show we just got the laughing so you know making oh. a reference to how far behind india is with the uh with the television but i think it's funny because the doctor says that you know tobias has broken his skull in two places which you assume means that the skull has two fractures but he says once outside the airport and once in the elevator when his sheet got caught and he was pulled off the gurney. Uh, so you, you know, really got
1: to pay attention to those like small details like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because of course you know as Tobias tries to reach for the phone because you know Lindsay I think he's calling him, um, <laughs> he falls off the bed and he goes uh, he goes oh now I've broken my skull in three places, um, and. I like as well how you know the, the the students are laughing at him, and they say you should be a comedy actor. And so that's the sign that Tobias has been looking for, apparently. Um, you know, which <laughs> I, I think was quite funny. Um,
1: how how many careers has this episode like launched? I mean, I, I didn't even realize Hassan Minaj was in this, but uh, with all the other ones we were talking about, uh, it's pretty it's pretty amazing uh, the the amount of uh, talent that uh, this episode encapsulates.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there's also Nelson Franklin and later Beck Bennett appears in a very small role. And interestingly, mm-hmm. of Josh Trank also appears. It's worth discussing that once yes. we get to it because that's quite a funny cameo for a number of reasons. Um, but yeah, no, the, the the kind of the weird like little cameos from like, Hassan Minaj and various others, it's, it's quite remarkable. But I think at this point, obviously Arrested Development had a kind of reputation and I'm almost certain that Mitch Hurwitz could kind of just put out a casting call you know, and just say, I want new people for this TV show. You know, we're doing a fourth season of rest of Development, and I'm almost certain you know a number of people would have applied, just based on that. You know, with, re- before even reading the script, we get the there's actually this scene in Balboa Towers. I think is in almost every single episode, um, for each of the characters when they when they have their first episode. For other, you know, you know, when Michael has a second episode or Tobias or Job has a second episode, it isn't. But this mm-hmm. is this scene of all the whole family in. Balboa Towers, it's the one scene where all of the cast appears together um, throughout the entire show Um, and, you know, Tobias and Lindsay are both talking about their journey... (laughs) Uh, which turned out to be the same journey once once the Mastercard bill came in, which I think is quite funny that they were both in India and neither realised that they were in India. <laughs> I like how Tobias talks about how for two thousand rupees we'd both go down on Matthew McConaughey,
1: <laughs> and, which and ends it, up being like thirty six dollars or something. Yeah,
0: and he I like how he holds Michael's like arm as if to suggest you know this is something that they share. And Michael, of course, goes, "I wouldn't." And which, you know, I think that's the last time we hear Michael in this episode <laughs> at, that, at that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, George Senior kind of talks about how Michael won't accept help from anyone. And that, obviously, that's the rest. That rest of that scene is basically in George Senior's episode.
1: Yeah, the scene. That scene is also pretty interesting. That I don't, I'm pretty sure that all of the actors weren't there at the same time. No, um, it seems like. Uh, they had, to, they had to do some body doubles and some camera trickery for that yes
0: there, even though that is a scene where the whole family appear together and this is something obviously that will be discussed in other episodes yeah there are some kind of camera tricks uh where i think michael cera isn't actually in the scene but you, right. you see bits of him from different angles yeah and there, there is a lot of kind of doubling up and, and that is kind of the the scene certainly in this episode where that's most prevalent and we then get kind of the not not from, you know, um, Tobias's point of view, but we get kind of an extra bit of the scene with James Carr, uh, who previously sold the house to the Funke's, uh, which, of course, has that wonderful reveal of maybe standing on one side um, <laughs> and, and the, both of them forgetting that she even existed, uh, which, you know, kind of also, uh, you know, um, calls forward to the, the gag that, that will come up at the end of the episode. Um, and I like here how you know we get the end of the scene, and and then Tobias kind of stays behind, um, and I like as well how he references when he says um, you know uh, I'm ready for a new start. I've got the license plate, you know, and he kind of looks out the window. And I do like Ed Helms selling of oh good heavens, like when he sees Aina start <laughs> yeah. on a on a on a license plate, um, and you know he he took he wants James Carr to be his agent, which is <laughs> which I just love because it's. At this particular point, Ed Helms is is such a gift in this show. He's only in, you know, the, the Lindsay episode and then he's here and this is the end of his character. But I love how he goes, you know, I'm a real estate agent. I'm a predator. I sell giant houses to very poor people who can't afford them with predatory loans. And it's like kind of that level of honesty that kind of attracts Tobias because he's like, that's the money stuff I don't understand. <laughs> he doesn't realize what's being said to him. It also, th- this really just, I mean, this is Tobias
1: though. Like people talk to him and he doesn't hear what they say, right? We say this throughout the whole series. And uh, it, 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 that's what's so funny. I mean, even like Lindsay, Lindsay and Tobias talking to each other, they, it always feels like they're, they're talking through each other and not to each other. Yeah. And that's what I loved about this episode is that Ed Helms was very explicit. Like I am, I, I cannot help you. I'm, I'm a, predatory you know real estate agent and uh you know he tobias never just really seems to fully understand what people are saying to him <laughs>
0: no. um and i like as well here how he says all i need you to do is tell people what a terrific actor i am because i can't do it believably uh, which once again a complete lack of self-awareness <laughs> from tobias was such a great line as well um, and of course he asks james carr to <laughs> to fire his current agent who is at all state <laughs> Uh, which I understand. Um, Allstate. What type? What a type of firm is that? I know it's not like. A, it's definitely not like an acting agency. I
1: don't know. There, there's commercials for it all the time here
0: in the U.S. Um, it's like general liability insurance. Yeah. So obviously, somebody else who has said the word agent in their title, and he's immediately yeah. <laughs> hired them to be his acting agent, and they obviously were not exactly. suited for the job. Um, and you know, I like how the narrator says, "Tobias started seeing positive career signs everywhere." He chose to put them and we see his, his like Hollywood sign with hooray for Tobias over his bed, which is next to Lindsay's like giant kind of like princess clam like bed that she's got and they can't touch each other, which is something, which is a little visual they do later in the episode as they, they both try to reach out each other's hands and neither of them can, can touch, um, which I think is, is quite funny. Um, and you know, he, he goes on to uh, studio lots and starts handing out headshots um and you know this is where we get a little bit of the thanksgiving which you know appears in appears in full in a, in a different episode uh, where we have duck Lorange and the duck basically hasn't been cooked and it just starts running around <laughs> and we have maybe you know uh, tobias and lindsay all trying to get this duck to go back into the the oven and i like how tobias is like throw oranges at it hot orange hot orange <laughs> it's just like kind of i th- i get that they kind of seem to be just like um improvising around what the duck is doing that's what it seems yeah. like to me but i just had like how they just kind of randomly shouting things at this duck and trying to get it to go at once um and I-, I like how tobias goes it's throwing its voice <laughs> <We> just, like... <laughs> just the lack of
1: self-awareness is amazing yeah, yeah. I, the rumor has it that the scene that they didn't know what was going to pop out of that that the actors didn't yeah. and they were just kind of told to react to whatever happens yeah that's pretty that's pretty impressive yeah
0: it do, well that's what it seems like to me it's like you can't you couldn't write you know what's going to happen with a duck can you so <laughs> they obviously just seem to you know i like as well how you know <laughs> there's this little kind of split screen thing which you know because because john beard um you know leaving his house has been shown in a different episode they just do it as like a little kind of corner of the screen while mm. they also have you know the writer's strike and they have the housing market collapsing and just all these things from like 2000, 2000 2007 2008 just all happening at once and how none of this is determined to buy us from his dream <laughs> which i kind of love and then we end up um impossibly i mean i love the ending in this episode because it's just such great kind of interplay between john beard who turns out to be you know a really good straight man against uh, David Cross, um, if you pardon the, the pun. Yeah. And we end up here at um, Ed Helms' character, James Carr, has committed suicide because of the collapse in the housing market. Um, and I like how the priest is like being so on the nose and saying, I believe he died as a warning in a way. His message, <laughs> perhaps, to live within our means and be realistic about our lives. And of course, Tobias says, I shall redouble my efforts so that he died in vain. And everyone kind of gasps and he like, oh, meaning that he would have led a pointless life. (laughs) It's just like completely inappropriate for the the kind of the the kind of um, the setting. But I just love like this kind of cluelessness. And it's important to note that obviously, you know, this episode focusing on Tobias, this is the most we've ever spent with this character up until this point. Like he's only ever been you know a, a third of any other episode he's only ever been like a small storyline uh and in some yeah. episodes he's only ever appeared in like one scene and said the word douche chill and then disappeared for the rest of the episode <laughs> um so this is like a so much kind of time that we're spending with this character and i think that david cross manages to pull off um keeping him interesting basically you know because we have like the kind of physical comedy when he goes to india we have the obliviousness of him not realizing that an estate agent shouldn't also be you know a talent agent and then here we have him at the funeral just completely unaware of what's going on and kind of saying these things that are highly inappropriate and you know i think david cross does a really good job throughout this episode of keeping tobias uh, you know walking a very fine line between turning him into a caricature And keeping him kind of believable.
1: Yeah, this could have been an absolute disaster, really, of an episode. I mean, like you said, this character is not really created to be a lead, um, you know, because he's so ridiculous. He's he's so over the top. But but I mean, I think that the the episode was also David Cross also got to play off of a lot of great actors in this, which I think helped. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't so much of just like him. I mean, there's some of the physical comedy, um, but but because he got to play off so many great actors throughout Um, And because so much was packed into this
0: episode, I think that it it really worked out well. Yeah, like you say, you know, the scene with him and Ed Helms is really funny. And then we get into the meat of this episode. Uh, It takes a while to get there, but we eventually get to um, Tobias and Lindsay. uh, Once again, going to the Garden Grove Method 1 clinic. Um, And, (laughs) you know, this is where Tobias meets uh, Debris. Uh, played of course by Maria Bamford so wonderful Um, a great addition to you know the show Uh, and uh, we get a little bit of the other side of the CW swapigans where of course in addition to swapping stuff for food we actually get the the partners getting swapped as Debris goes off with Tobias and uh, Lindsay goes off with Marky Bark. Um, and that is kind of like the last proper part that we see of of Lindsay in this episode is is when she goes away with Marky Bark, um, And, you know, <laughs> I like how Tobias sees Debris, you know, and she talks about how, you know, she made the film Fantastic Four, but it wasn't fantastic for me um and, and then obviously there's a lot of kind of like swearing um and i like how tobias gives notes on her speech as if it's a as if it's something that she's performing and he kind of he kind of turns it into his own like the way that he would deliver the monologue and i like how he goes i'm not so familiar with the piece so um <laughs>
1: you know, that's just... she's reading her story she's reading her story during her 12-step program yeah. him thinking that it's like uh, some kind of
0: monologue that she's giving he talks about how he'd seen her in the fantastic four and this is where we get possibly kind of like the biggest meta joke that the show ever kind of does and something that will become a feature of the sh- you know this season later on in later episodes um as <laughs> we find out that 20 years earlier debris the De- 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 Debris Bardot had played Sue Storm in a low-budget version of Fantastic Four uh, produced by Imagine Entertainment. Um, and, you know, we find out that at the Imagine Christmas party, a drunk lawyer reminds them that they're about to lose the rights to Fantastic Four if they don't make a film before the end of the year. And so they they ha- hire these these waiters and waitresses um, to, to play, you know, the parts of the, the characters and then also, you know, serve them at the rap party. You know, obviously this is, uh, in real life, this calls to the the fact that this was what happened with Fantastic Four. Mm. Uh, you know, the rights were going to be lost by Fox, who, you know, obviously made Arrested Development originally. Um, so once again, that's, a, that's an extra layer because they say Imagine Entertainment on the show, but obviously, um, you know, Fox were the ones who did this. And it was Roger Corman. And obviously, you know, the film was never released. There's a documentary about it um that you can find on various streaming platforms that kind of details it but this is kind of like one of the most notorious things about the fantastic four films which is that the the films that have been made almost like that one was made to keep the rights but then the most recent fantastic four film had to be made before a certain date otherwise once again fox would lose the rights back to marvel um and and, you know I I don't think that Fox intended it to just be one and done. I think they obviously had sequels planned. But the idea that films of the Fantastic Four are only ever made to keep the rights seems to be like this kind of weird kind of not just a joke within the show, but something that in real life people seem to kind of know. And kind of when they see the films, it's almost like they're like, yeah, I can see that they made this just to keep the rights. Like that seems to be the kind of attitude.
1: Yeah, the show likes to take digs at Fox every once in a while. Um, and this was maybe the biggest one. And it's remarkable. This, this episode came out in 2013, essentially making fun of Fox for doing this. And they ended up doing it two years later. They made a really <laughs> crappy Fantastic Four movie with Josh Trank, who I guess shows up in this episode, which is uh, remarkable.
0: Yeah. And I, I like as well how we get a quick cut here to the only real footage of the film uh, because they don't show footage of the Fantastic Four. Now this is this is a re- this is a really clever setup for a joke that happens later in this episode, which is the legal firm of Feinberg 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 and Feinberg themselves. Four Fs. They sue so that they they can't show any footage. So the only footage that gets shown is of an MST3K viewing yeah. of the Fantastic Four <laughs> film that was made featuring Debris, uh Bardo. So. It's, it's a kind of weird kind of meta joke that they don't show any footage of the Fantastic Four film without it being part of a different thing. So the, themselves, the, the Arrested Development, and also you'll notice that the logo of the Fantastic Four is blurred out everywhere for every single episode because of the, the Feinberg, uh, Feinberg, Feinberg, and Feinberg cease and desist letter.
1: Was that part of the joke or was that like the show, like... Arrested Development couldn't actually do
0: that. No, 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 this is this is this is part of the joke. Obviously because okay. Fox still kind of part own Arrested Development, if they wanted, they could show any Fantastic Four. Uh, All of this Fantastic Four stuff is still available to Fox for free essentially, you know, because they they still own the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but the joke within Arrested Development here is being made that they can't show any of that. So you only get this small clip with, the, with you know, Joel Robinson and T Robot. So, you know, it's, 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 such a, it's such a weird kind of like meta joke that if you're watching, you probably, you probably just think oh, it's, it's weird that they've blurred the logo. But then later on, they obviously blur it on the letter because the logo is the same as the Fantastic Four letter. But then every single time you see Debris wearing the Sioux Storm, the, the logo is always blurred um so it's and that's just like a little detail they keep for all the episodes from here on out as if arrested development themselves the show are not allowed to show you that logo uh, at every this is turn. why you
1: have to watch these episodes like more than once because I-, I totally miss
0: that uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean there's so many just so many small details like that That it's just so brilliant and we get a little exchange here with Tobias and Debris where he points out that uh, Carl Weathers used to give them grape juice in their acting classes and then add $5 to their credit card and here they get, um, they get some uh, methadone and obviously it has kind of like an immediate effect on Tobias as they, they both like start to feel it and Tobias keeps saying you're neat to uh, to debris. <laughs> I like how the narrator describes it as a not very cute, cute, meet cute. Um, We find out here that um, debris had done some softcore porn movies uh, about a a straight woman trying to get uh, straight men to have gay sex called straight bait. Um, and popping up in straight bait uh, is Beck Bennett as the uh, I guess you'd say the victim in this particular case. <laughs> um, That's one way to put it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Debris has a, a clever little speech here where she talks about, you know, sometimes Marky Bark doesn't know that she's in the same room and uh, and it's not just the <laughs> face blindness, which, uh, you know, is a nice little callback to to Marky Bark, who you may recall shouted at Lindsay, <laughs> not recognising her uh, due to his face blindness. You know, obviously this is, I love this as well because this is such clever kind of wordplay as, you know, Debris finds out that Tobias is a doctor, and she says, you can write scripts. And, of course, <laughs> Tobias says, I like to think so. And then, of course, she keeps saying about, you know, how you should never give it your dream if you can write scripts. Obviously, you know, <laughs> she is asking for him to write them drugs, um, and he is obviously thinking that she's talking about, you know, uh, film scripts. Um, so I just like how this entire relationship, much with with Lindsay is one of complete mm. misunderstanding and him not really paying attention to what Debris is actually saying. Obviously, this takes place, uh, you know, after he's gone to the Method 1 acting clinic. So um, Tobias, once again, completely oblivious to everything that's happening. Um, and, of course, they kiss when she says, you remind me of Billy Crystal. Um, and the narrator points out she was about to say, Billy Crystal meth, a funny drug <laughs> dealer. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it's important to note, like, this at this part, like, Tobias still has no idea that that was not an acting class that he was at. Yeah, I mean, he has yeah. no idea that she at this point that she
0: is uh, a drug addict. Well, he doesn't realise that he's just taken some methadone either. So yeah. some of that is, you know, is the effect. I love everything Maria Bamford does, but I particularly love this exchange where, um, you know, Debris says, you know, maybe with someone like you, I could have a new start. And obviously Tobias goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you see my license plate anus? And he spells out <laughs> A-N-U-S-T-A-R-T. And she immediately goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Did you see my straight bait movie of the same name?" <laughs> <laughs> and we once again get the uh, the Indian singer singing "Coincidence" in the background, um, you know. And I like how this is the point where they decide they're going to run away together. Tobias makes a phone call to tell Lindsay that he's breaking up. Obviously, this takes place at the same time as Lindsay is calling Tobias at the home and yeah. leaving a message to say that she's breaking up. Uh, the only person who will hear both those messages and delete them is, uh, is maybe in a later episode. Um, but this is setting that joke up, basically. Um, and, you know, at this particular point, um, after having the methadone, um, debris basically collapses. Um, and they end up in hospital. Um, and we meet uh, Nelson Franklin. Who uh, you may remember as the cool guy in Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Oh yes. Yeah. So he he's now I'm trying to remember what sitcom. Oh, he's he's been on Veep, obviously the the last couple of seasons. Oh yeah. Along with the uh, that that one congressman who's who's on um, who's also on Life in Pieces on CBS. So there's a lot of people from other sitcoms uh, popping up here. But yeah, he, he kind of he appears and he basically lists kind of everything that is you know, wrong with Brie. Although he calls her a, a butterface um, because she had been eating butter. Um, in fact, I like the fact that they, they recap the the dinner, but f- very quickly, kind of, as the narrator explains, you know, there was some misunderstanding of dinner. And you see, you know, Brie Debrie eating butter and Tobias trying to do some, um, some improv with her. This is where, I, I like as well how Tobias describes the amount of butter that has been eaten as... Uh, a Star Trek chess set's worth, which is such an odd measurement. I
1: was trying to—I was trying to think if that was like a callback to anything. I mean, sometimes like things are just like weird things that they say, and sometimes they're callbacks. But uh, I think
0: in this particular case, that's just a weird way of doing this. Um, we find out that this happens at the time where Tobias misses Lucille's trial. Um, obviously, that being a, a common a common thread throughout all these episodes, uh, you know, aside from you know, starting after Development Arrested, they all do call in on the on the trial on every single episode just to let us know uh, that everybody is basically missing <laughs> uh, uh, the trial because no one ends up, you know, being there. Um, and I like as well how, you know, Debris says that everyone leaves her. Um, you know, she talks about she's been, you know, left in dumpsters and on a curb. And, and Tobias, you know, says that he's not going to leave her. Uh, you know, which is a, a sweet moment. Hmm. Um, of course, <laughs> when the doctor comes in, to, you know, identifying Debris, he says we've got a 61-year-old male. So, <laughs> so you know, there are f- a few kind of uh, cracks at uh, Debris' appearance. But her name is Debris. Um, so, you know, the, it's obvious that, you know, she is meant to be essentially kind of cast aside. Um This
1: episode really goes into some dark places.
0: It does a little bit, particularly as the doctor lists everything that they've tested her for. And she's got chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea, hepatitis, pancreatitis. Um, In fact, he just goes a a lot of itises and there's a a good host of osises as well. Um, And I like how, taking it into non-medical terms, he says you've landed a real party girl. Uh, Which, you know, Tobias obviously sees sees this as being like a kind of a, a positive thing. Um, And this is where we, you know, Tobias finally finds out that debris has a drug problem where, you know, he says, she's going to have to tackle this drug problem. And of course, Tobias goes, you didn't say you had a drug problem. And debris points out that they met at a methadone clinic. And he goes, are you high? We met at an acting class. And then this is where we see Tobias finally figure that out. And I like how he goes, the method one. And then while he's kind of just standing there, figuring it out, the doctor kind of leaves um and you know like, i'm gonna let you figure this one out <laughs> yeah um and i like as well how tobias compliments uh debris by saying you know when i first saw straight bait there were two men making love but i couldn't take my eyes off of you <laughs> he says that of 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 the series of straight bait he's only seen two four and nine uh, nine of course being the one that is titled anus tart um, so you know obviously maybe oh. that's a hint of, of where he actually got the name for the uh, license plate now the final part of this episode is <laughs> mostly um tobias being sued <laughs> um i don't know why but he 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 wears like an old timey um photographer's outfit and has like a uh, a camera like a box camera on a on a tripod and and uh and a little kind of um Uh, the flash that kind of goes off like the, the powder flash an earlier joke. And this is probably people don't remember this, but when they, when they're in court in season one, someone has an old time flash bulb camera and they take a picture. And as it kind of like goes off, the judge starts going order in the court and someone else goes, who bought that camera into this court? And so I don't know if this is like a little callback to that, that for some reason in the Arrested Development universe, people still have old timey flash (laughs) bulb cameras. Um, But I don't, know, I don't know why, but Tobias adopts this kind of like 1920s uh, Carnival Barker voice and starts going, you know, uh, come one, come all, get your photo taken with Sue Storm from the Fantastic Four. And it's such a weird choice for his character, but at the same time, I kind of get why he's doing it because that's Tobias and he doesn't do anything in a straightforward way. I've seen David Cross do kind of that
1: old-timey voice before, like in stand-up or something. I wonder if that's just kind of showcasing yeah. that, maybe.
0: maybe. Maybe he just decided this is a good time to do it. And- um and you know of course they get into some kind of you know kind of trouble here identifying the fact that it is the original sue storm debris bardo this is where we reveal that debris has a law degree <laughs> um and of course tobias is a doctor so they're both highly trained professionals but for some reason they're walking up and down hollywood boulevard trying to get people to take pictures with them for ten dollars
1: my favorite part of this scene too was uh it was was Tobias like trying to shoo away kids getting like free pictures <laughs> yes. it's like no 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 freebies no freebies
0: yeah which in itself is kind of a little bit like you know like a a 1930s film with like kind of I don't know like the the dead end kids or something like this this kind of <laughs> groups of kids that are going around doing mischief together you know at this particular point they they realize that they need to both be dressed as the fantastic four for people to recognize them so of course uh, Tobias dresses as Johnny Storm the human flamer um, and I like as well how, you know, um, as as this father and his and his son who identify them as the ambiguously gay duo, um, as they as they walk away, Tobias tries to to kind of light a, a, a spray can and, and goes, look, children love fire. And it's so kind of inappropriate and dangerous um, for them to kind of do that. The actor that played the
1: dad in that um, is Dave Anthony, who does a really good podcast called The Dollop. It's like a history podcast. Yeah. Um, But that was another uh, another nice, fun little cameo.
0: Yeah. And I like, I love as well, because this is the stupidest moment in the entire thing, but probably my favorite moment as well, where Tobias goes, two people in blue just doesn't say Fantastic Four. But you know what, though? I might just have the thing. And then he goes, (laughs) just the thing cut to and then it cuts <laughs> and tobias is in his thing costume um talking about how he's the iconic rockman the thing and i just love how he sets up his own edits like in (laughs) and they actually do it because obviously there's been some times where in the past where tobias has kind of narrated stuff himself and said you know that would be a great act break and they didn't go to an act break but this is the first time where he actually goes cut (laughs) two and they actually do the cut and it's just such a it's like a funny little joke that they do and of course someone walks up saying are you sue storm and the thing um you know mistaking these two men who are dressed like the blues brothers uh, the narrator explains that they're actually orthodox members of the law firm Feinberg, Feinberg, Feinberg and Feinberg um, and they are you know, issuing a cease and desist uh, and of course Debris takes a look at the cease and desist because she has a law degree um, and the, the, at this particular point <laughs> Tobias offers them Sue Storm uh, armbands which of course have these uh, very pointed SS logos um, and mm. you know it's, uh, it, it's such a clever joke because they don't really hang on it too long. They just kind of do it very quickly, and then the narrator says, "Although the hate crime charges were dismissed," <laughs> so they don't bother to say out loud what exactly is wrong with that picture, but they just kind of do it very quickly. Yeah, that was a
1: very blink and you miss uh, kind of joke there.
0: And you know, of course, paper beats rock. Uh, in, in previous times, they had the paper covering, uh, you know, the the rock and and uh, you know, Job with some giant scissors. Uh, so obviously they like to make the, the rock paper scissors jokes each time here they 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 keep wearing the uniforms and they keep trying to avoid being sued and um, so you know they 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 go 500 feet away from the entrance of disneyland tobias says that they're rock monster and ability to be invisible person um, and once the undercover cop says do you want the 10 dollars they have to admit that they are the thing in Invisible Girl. And then, of course, Tobias gets arrested because these are undercover cops. Uh, but I like that there's, like, an undercover kid cop, you know, which is, like, you know, to make it so that it's more believable. Um, and you see a number of people in the background in kind of off-brand um, costumes running away very quickly as soon as the cops appear, uh, you know. And, obviously, this this makes two strikes. Um, and... Um, I I like how you know we we finally get to the point where they're they're almost reaching rock bottom, um, where debris is about to have sex for money. Uh, Although of course Tobias misinterprets this as selling the Fantastic Four costume, um, which he says it would be like a fisherman selling his fishing costume. (laughs) Obviously, you know, kind of unaware of what a fisherman is. Uh, When Tobias, uh, you know, he he returns to the uh, the penthouse. Um, and rescues Lucille, too, from the ostrich, which is uh, currently menacing Balboa Towers. Um, and he turns d- down a job at, a, at, at her clinic, at, at her uh, austerity. Um, and, you know, obviously, Debris is not happy to find out about this because... That was a six-figure job he turned down. <laughs> yeah, uh, 120000 a year, you know. Um, so, obviously, Tobias wants to keep the, the dream alive. Uh, and the only encouragement he's had is the doctor that when he fell off the bed said that he was funny. <laughs> that's that's literally the only thing that's been powering him for these years of pursuing, you know, being an actor. Um, and, you know, we get a little bit of a crossover here with the, the later Job episode as we see them outside the club and Jeremy Piven. Um, and Debris gets swept up um, into a limousine along with a bunch of, um, you know, along with a bunch of... Uh, other women um and i love how this is where josh trank makes his appearance um as tobias you know wakes up to find someone asleep on him and he says i'm the thing from fantastic four and josh trank goes you've just been served and then (laughs) then Uh. a a different guy is asleep on him but he's from the cia uh, and he's scoping (laughs) out imagine entertainment so at this
1: point was josh trank hired to have was he hired to direct
0: the fantastic four movie at this point or was that i mean chronicle had come out the year before so he was in talks. Oh. So, okay. you know, it was, at this particular point, it was a possibility, basically. He was on the shortlist. Um, so it, it is just, for, I mean, obviously that's, that, you know, that might be one of the reasons why they use him. Um, just because, you know, he. I think Chronicle was released by Fox, wasn't it? So, yes. uh, you know, he'd worked for the studio and obviously, you know, as I said before, it, someone says Arrested Development's doing a new season. Do you want to be on it? I'm sure Josh Drank was like, sure, I'll get dressed up as a as, a, as a, a a homeless person and, and lie on David Cross for, like, two minutes. You know, so I think that's probably why he kind of did it. And we then finally catch up to the beginning of the episode. Tobias is going to see Maybe, and he's returning once more to Sudden Valley. Um, and we have uh, Kyle <laughs> um as, uh, as one of the police officers uh, who's, you know, on the show as well. I like how we cut between... The different like cameras that are on to catch a to entrap a, a local predator, and on it, you know, Tobias is you know talking about it. you know he's like singing to himself and you know he seems happy to be going back to the model home to meet maybe you know John Beard is obviously psyching himself up and I like as well how they have like a little prayer circle before they go catch you know the the local pre this this local predator you know we we have Tobias knocking on the door asking is there a little girl here all by herself? And then saying... Daddy's home. (laughs) Yeah, saying daddy needs to get his rocks off. Obviously, he's still (laughs) dressed in the thing costume. That's where the episode kind of ends. Uh, But then we get on the next Arrested Development, which then quickly turns into on the next To Entrap a Local Predator. And we see from the point of view, you know, of the crew that are filming, you know, To Entrap a a Local Predator, John Beard invites uh, Tobias to have a seat. Uh, which obviously is what used to happen on To Catch a Predator. Um, and <laughs> I like how he talks about <laughs> how, uh, you know, he's here to see his little girl. He wants to show her daddy's thing. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, he's he's confused as to why John Beard is there. And he's like, uh, I'm doing an, an, a uh, local interest piece, which I think is, you know, quite a funny thing. Um, and, you know, I like as well how the name maybe. Also helps along with the fact that Tobias yeah. talks in this funny way, where you know he's like, "Are you, you know is this about my daughter?" And he's like, "Are you here to see your daughter?" And he's like, "Yes, maybe," and it kind of it sounds like he's not here to see her. And he's like, "How old is she?" And he's like, uh "I want to say nineteen, but I think of her as 15 And then you know he says, "She's not here. You're free to go." And of course he he's like, "Oh, that's all right, I'll stay here. I'll wait. And I just like how they can't get rid of Tobias until they say that there's a raccoon on the patio, and I don't know why that's the thing that gets him to go out. I guess that I think is. it's just
1: like an absurd i think they, I think that's just like you know another absurdist part of the show like I, I don't think it was like a callback to anything, but
0: uh yeah, it's just I don't know, it's just a really weird detail that they're like there's a raccoon on the patio, and, and Tobias like goes out. Um, and of course, as the cops jump in, they push his head through the glass. And <laughs> Tobias says, I just broke my skull in a fourth place, the patio. And that's the end of the episode. Do they
1: Do they ever talk? Does, does the show um, explain why they were using that house as their predator house?
0: Yeah, it's explained a little bit in the George Michael episode, the first George Michael episode. I think it just called okay. it, it gets better, I think. And, you know, basically it's just due to the location. Um, it's far away from schools and various other things, so it ends up in later episodes being a place where um, sex offenders all <laughs> live. Um, and obviously, the fact that Tobias has been caught for this ends up being a different running joke once he actually does take the jo- the job at uh, austerity. But yeah, um, is there anything else uh, that you want to talk about with this episode?
1: I mean, it was a great episode. It was a uh, it really. You know, as we said, uh, a showcase for David Cross. Um, it was, I, I can't believe it was only 27 minutes that they packed all of this plot into it. I mean, it, it's just an insane amount
0: of story uh, that happened throughout. And, and as well, of course, you know, obviously it sets everything up for Tobias's second episode. Uh, you know, the mention of austerity. Uh, there's actually, obviously, uh, when, when Tobias goes to rescue Lucille too, she's actually singing Get Away, which is the first time that we hear Get Away. Um, Before we actually see it in in Job's episode, Um, so there's little kind of touches like that. Obviously, I love the Feinberg 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 joke because the fact that they 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 have the same logo as the Fantastic Four, and that also has to be blurred out. And there's four of them; they all start with F. And like, I think that kind of you know thing, and also the whole to catch a local you know to entrap a local predator, (laughs) Orange County edition, super creep. Like all the extra like titles is kind of what happens to those shows as they go on and on and they need to kind of be more sensationalized and they have to kind of like narrow down (laughs) exactly what they're covering, Um, you know. So that's kind of a a clever kind of like little observation. Yeah, I think
1: that kind of, that also kind of dates this episode a little bit. I think at that time in 2013, To Catch a Predator was like the biggest show on TV or one of the
0: highest rated shows on yeah. TV at that point this will come back in in future episodes anyway but yeah it's just it's I just love how it's just kind of such an absurd amount of titles that they put in as well you know you could have got away with just to entrap a local president but the fact that they have to keep adding extra um, bits uh, but particularly super creeps That's... yeah the, the fact that, the fact that John beard you know talks about the story of awful people who are about to lose everything and the one newsman who had no choice but to <laughs> entrap them like the fact that he he kind of does the opening narration for the show, but slightly different is, you know, is, is such a kind of, uh, clever joke and something I didn't point out, but in the funeral scene, there are a couple people with, um, uh, spinners like spinner signs in the background where they're oh, like, yeah. pointing to who they're going to bury next and stuff. Um, <laughs> so there's, you know, there's a few kind of like little background jokes going on as well, but yeah, like you say, um, you know, a real showcase for David Cross, um, you know, up to the, up to this point, Tobias had always been a side character there were very few stories where he was the lead and they were always just you know they were always the C story like he never really got a, a kind of a, mm-hmm. a a leading role in any episodes and if he did it was always in conjunction with one of the blues. um you know it was always a storyline with him and Lindsay or you know him and Michael or uh, you know Jubaeus Industries um you know like so there was always a, there was always him paired up with somebody else of course a lot of the time paired up with maybe Um, despite his kind of indifference to her existence there's there's a lot of kind of times where he's been paired with people uh this episode actually kind of the same in that he gets paired up with maria bamford and obviously you know we have the literal doctor and we you know so there are still other people who are there to bounce off him but i think you know Mm -hmm. david cross does a really good job of making tobias uh let's not say a believable character but at least a bit more of a rounded character in this particular episode obviously um, you know all the other, all the other, you know, cast members had already had that chance essentially in the in the in the main run of the show. Um, you know there have been a lot of stories focusing on Michael or Job or Lindsay. Um, you know there have been a lot of stories focusing on George Senior or Lucille. Uh, you know there were a few times where um, you know uh, Buster had got his own story, but this is the first time really focusing in on what Tobias is. Um, and I think it's, it's funny that he manages to keep the character kind of grounded, even though he's so oblivious to literally everything that's going on, you know, to the housing crash, to the methadone that's being taken by debris, you know, to the, you know, the, the kind of the constant cease and desist, which should tell him to stop doing what he's doing, you know, like everything is basically kind of against Tobias and yet he manages to remain kind of upbeat and i think that's down to david cross's like selling of the character.
1: Yeah, he, david cross was actually the most skeptical or vocally skeptical that this new season was ever going to happen. Yeah. Um so i'm glad uh you know it seems like he really embraced it and it's uh, it turned out that his episode was certainly one of the better ones of the new season and yeah. uh it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I i think the, the the new i think there's going to be season 5 maybe in like a year or so. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, I mean, they've
0: announced that they start filming at the end of this year, I think. So, um, oh, that's great. Be um, interesting to see. I mean, there's been a lot of different rumors of exactly what they're going to do, but um, you know, Mitch Hurwitz has said that they're basically scheduling it so that all of the cast can be together and they can kind of get back to, you know, the original feel of the show of having all those different characters together. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see what they do. But you know, I'm, I certainly. Uh, I know people obviously have very different uh, views on what season four, you know, the quality of it, uh, but I think this mm-hmm. is easily one of the best episodes. Just, And I think actually that the, the second Tobias episode kind of almost tops it a little bit because you get so much more, you know, you get the running joke of him constantly having to say to everyone, that he's a sexual predator and all that, and like it just becomes like a, a, a when he's when he's at austerity, there's a lot of really funny kind of jokes that that take place there, and obviously everything to do with the Fantastic Four musical uh, is just really great. But this, of course, you know, sets it all up with debris being in the Fantastic Four, and you know they do the whole cease and desist thing, but when they bring it back, you know they 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 kind of um, you know they don't do the same joke again. That's what I like, you know, like they expand on it and they kind of make it. Uh, an important part of the whole, you know, Cinco de Cuatro thing later on in the show. Thanks very much for joining me, Adam. Is there anything that you wish to um, plug before we go? Oh, oh, sure. Uh, you can catch us on uh,
1: the Seat Fillers podcast at the Seat Fillers. We do movies. Uh, we're currently... Talking a lot about the Emmys right now and some good television uh, at the seat fillers, the
0: dot com. Great stuff. You can find us on Facebook at uh, I've Made a Huge Mistake or you can follow us on Twitter at a huge mistake pod. Um, otherwise, thanks for being my guest, Adam. My pleasure. And goodbye.